Welcome to another tale from George's Pocketbook. George is a frontline UK response officer dedicated to fighting crime, resolving family disputes in minutes that have taken years to break down and getting in the faces of the social underclass. All events are real and names and places have been changed to protect the innocent, not so innocent and plain stupid. It was a Sunday early turn and George was looking forward to taking things easy. After all, nothing ever happens on a Sunday morning, does it? Even better, since there were more than enough drivers on duty that day, he'd been posted as operator on the RT car as a treat. The RT car is a pursuit car on the division, and its name refers to the days when the police in the UK were just beginning to embrace the newfangled communication technology. RT stands for radio telephone. So George was sitting back and relaxing while his driver, Donald, steered the radio telephone car out of the backyard of the police station and made their way into the high street. No sooner had they turned on the main road than they found themselves staring at the back end of a queue of traffic held up for roadworks. George grinned as he slouched even further down in his seat, realising that the day was getting easier by the minute. Not only was there little to do, but they wouldn't be getting anywhere quickly to do it either. There was little to see other than the small van in front of them. There were a few pedestrians around, and although there was a hold-up, the traffic was still quite light. It was Sunday after all. George watched as a young woman stepped off the curb on their near side and walked in front of the stationary police car on her way across the road. Suddenly he caught the flicker of movement ahead and everything seemed to slow down. A car on the other side of the road was speeding very rapidly toward them. The woman hadn't noticed the car and the car driver obviously hadn't seen the woman. George shouted at the top of his lungs in slow motion for the woman to stop already knowing it was too late and that nothing he could do would stop what was about to happen. He watched in horrified fascination as the woman stepped in front of the speeding car. He heard the shrill squeal of brakes skidding and saw the smoke boil off of them as the driver finally saw the pedestrian and struggled to avoid hitting her. It was no use. Even as George and Donald threw open their doors and bundled out of the car, the woman was struck by the other car. Her body was thrown 10 feet into the air and the car passed directly under her before smashing into a series of cast iron bollards in the roadside. The woman's body was flung another 10 feet along the road before it landed in a tangled heap near the gutter. Everything returned to normal speed as George and Donald reached the woman and were astonished to find that she was unconscious and still breathing. The scene was cordoned. Help arrived, the air ambulance flew the woman into a hospital in the city centre for intensive care and slowly the story emerged. Apparently the young man driving the now mangled sports car had been trying to change channels on the radio and hadn't even been looking at the road as he sped through the high street. The most remarkable thing about the entire incident didn't happen until days later. The woman who had looked like such a terrible mangled mess after being hit by a speeding car and thrown so far through the air, remained in a coma for over a week. After about 10 days, she regained consciousness, and apart from a loss of memory covering the entire accident, she only had a couple of minor fractures and a few bruises. She eventually made a full recovery. George remembers the incident because it was one of those occasions when he was completely helpless and unable to control a situation. As a police officer, he's grown very much accustomed to being in charge of a situation at any time and having things happen exactly the way he wants them to. This was one of those times when neither he 
nor anyone else could do anything but accept the role of spectator and sit back and watch until events had taken their course. This is an experience that George will be glad never to have to repeat.